Episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Turd Nugget Jimenezi, and joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. How are you, my friend? How's business? Well, I've been getting sleep, so I'm really, really good. How is that? What are you doing? What's different? Going to bed at 10 a.m. or p.m., sometimes earlier. (laughs) And, going to bed at uh, 10 a.m. like fuck this day yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i moved into a hotel <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, how, yeah so you're going to bed earlier so you're going mm. to bed at the i guess at the kids schedule the kids go to bed at 7 38 okay and there have the been schedule. nights where laura and i are just like you know what we're going to bed hmm. um but that really helps and so so that and uh the the course is all outlines and so nice. I had to do is record in February. Yesterday, I did like all this coding work for Lasso. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling really good. Good. How about you, man? So, uh, dude, same. Uh, I feel very clear this this past week. Um, I I've, I finished my page speed for bloggers course. I was. Mo- I mean, it was. Yep. I I kind of like procrastinated a little bit on the script writing. I'll Aren't admit. there like 15 days left? There's plenty of time <laughs> left. Yep, but I think I'm going to spend a lot of that time on the sales page and the, and the, and building up some marketing buzz and stuff like that. So, um, and so, plus my mo- my mom's coming to town, so I'm not going to have like a ton of time. And I was trying to get it finished before she got in. So, um, and we'll and, say that the landing page needs. Oh, a lot of oh time. yeah, oh yeah. I, I only I only did that in one day to make some pre sales, which had which worked. Look, I think I got not like that you 16. would create something that was bad ever, sure. but I feel like. The sales are purely a result of the sales page. And mm-hmm. then if you don't get any refunds, that's because you at least moderately delivered on yeah. what you set out to create. Yeah. And so sales page. So, yeah, I'm going to work on the sales page uh, starting tomorrow. And I got uh, I think I have a pretty good idea on how I'm going to approach Money Lab for the rest of the year. Uh, Lasso is cranking. You know, so I'm we're gonna super talk- pumped. Yep, we're gonna talk about that uh, in this episode, and uh, yeah, so things are good. I can't complain. Can't complain. So, like I said, in this episode, we're gonna talk about creating products that work for our customers and not just ourselves, and we'll specifically be talking about Lasso. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math. And Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All 
All right, so we're talking about how to build products that meet our customers' needs, not just our own. And we've been working on dialing in our little SaaS product. I shouldn't say little SaaS product. I don't know why I added that. It's a big SaaS product. It's a big, big little SaaS. It's a big little SaaS product called Lasso for the last few months. And I'm sure we've talked about Lasso several times on the show. We've been working on it for over a year. Yeah, so February, we launched out for people to pay money for it in February of last year. Okay. The goal uh, was January. <laughs> and we missed it by about a month. Right. So uh, during that time, we realized that there are things we needed. And so it worked better for our businesses. But now we're like, hey, we found some things that needed to work for other people's businesses, not just ours. So this kind of customer search, a customer first approach can apply to everything we do in business. But we really started to learn our lesson with Lasso. And and I want to talk specifically about um, this moment. Uh, and you you phrased it as your come to Jesus moment. And I don't remember exactly when you told me whether it was I was in Hoboken when you told me or when we were on uh, Zoom or something, but you were like, uh, display boxes. Yeah. What was it? What was the, what was the moment? Where was the, when did that happen? How did that culminate into your come to Jesus moment? What happened? So, uh, I mean, look, Lasso was originally built, I feel like for me, selfishly Mm -hmm. for me. You know, and then you came in and, and there were things that were selfishly for you. And we kind yes. of like merged our selfish things into one product. Yeah, because Ernest, which was the my product beforehand, was really display box focused. Yeah. And Lasso was more, I think, like, like data. Yeah, data link management sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to like optimize my earnings per click, which right. is, I guess, a problem for people who are maybe larger. Yes. You know, um, and uh, so anyway, so we, we set up all these things. We set up intercom, which is great. And we communicate with our, our the people who are customers or want to be customers. And I was having chats with a few people um, trying uh, to upgrade them to yearly. OK, so they were customers. So they were customers. Yeah. And um, just I always always ask whether it's someone who emails Listen Money Matters or last time I want to know, like, how did you find out about us? Why uh-huh. are you with us? Why do you yeah. care? And it was just so much about display boxes. And I and I know that I had heard a lot about that before. And you had had it as an anecdotal thing on why people were buying Ernest. Yeah. I, it was I, just. Yeah. That's why people few... were asking about Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like, cool. You know, we have it, but we're also doing other things. But it was just so many people that were emailing in. There's this one guy specifically emailed in, and he didn't just say, like, display boxes or, the, or like, what you and Matt have is cool. But he was showing the things that he did and all the things on other sites that he thought were good, that he wanted. And it was just looking at them objectively and how easy it would be for us to deliver and just kind of understanding, like, as someone who's creating a website, they just want Something that looks good. Yeah, and you didn't really have display boxes on Listen Money Matters, but now, but now you do. Yeah. And so it was. So it was one person that that made you have that moment. No, it, it was a few people. few people. It's been many conversations with you, and it was just like very detailed, specific examples. Like you know, it wasn't even like, "Hey, I like the displays on this." It was kind of like linking to a bunch of sites and me looking at them and being like, "Oh." That would Their be cool. displays are really what's 
yeah. you know, sucking you in. And obviously it's a marketing thing too, right? Because that's what people are seeing and going, hey, what plugin does this? Oh, none of them? Yeah. <laughs> so this one does? Great. Uh, I mean, p- there are plugins that do it. Like, like what is Wirecutter if not for their big header display? Yeah. I mean, it's, they're great. And that's what yeah. we, yeah. And I, and I have said too, like, the, only, the reason I even created Ernest was because so many people were emailing me and asking me how I was doing it, how I was creating those display boxes on my site. And I didn't have a plugin at the time. It was just kind of like, it was all baked into the uh, functions file. And eventually I was like, you know, I got to build this because everyone keeps asking me about it. Clearly it's something mm-hmm. people want. And it was like, I think, you know, there was definitely this like, I think you, my, 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 my sort of come to Jesus moment with you was just like you finally realizing that, uh, not everyone loves data as much as you <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I, th- I think we had a very, and I think we're going to do, or I hope we do a lot of what we plan to do, mm-hmm. but it was all very complicated and it was very hard. And I think we kind of sat down. And we were talking about what people want mm-hmm. and like what, you know, sites that don't have to be as large as ours need. And it, we really just settled on this list that just made so much sense. Yeah. And it was very easy to achieve, but is not out there in the marketplace. Yeah. We, okay. So then, um, yeah, I was in Hoboken. We were in your office and your big, mm-hmm. in your new fancy office. Yeah, for, it's fancy. Yeah, fancy. For, for <laughs> almost, I feel like it was the entire day of just like a whiteboard and you and I just yeah. like, okay, let's plan the next, I don't know how many months of Lasso. Like we're going to get it from, and and I'm going to be, I don't know if I should, I'll be candid, I guess. Uh, yeah. We had a very, we have a very specific white whale in mind that mm-hmm. when is, and I won't say, I guess I won't say who it is, uh, but when launching to this specific audience yes so we think what what we were basically saying like what does the lasso have to be in order for us to safely and and confidently go to this white whale quote unquote and say hey uh we want to uh strike up some sort of partnership i would even say that we have a white whale and then we have like smaller pink blue purple whatever whales yeah that we know we can go to, but have been reluctant to, because we don't think that we will convert the way that we need. Right, to. we didn't. So we're like trying to. Yeah, we built we built Lasso the way we want it, and then realized that's not the way everybody else wants it. Mm. So we had to change it, and not, not 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 a drastic change. Nothing's nothing's drastic, but no. This is when I was like, all right, uh, what is my what is my role in Lasso, which is. I guess marketing. You're like, I always, I always think of you as like front of office and I'm like back of office. Yeah. Okay. Front of the house, back of the house. Okay. So that, and we talked about redesigning lasso from the ground up. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I think I know UI design, but I don't know shit about UI UX. I really don't. And, and just to kind of say like lasso was built with inspiration from a tool that I love, Ahrefs, yep. and it kind of like acts and works, whatever, which might not have the best interface, honestly. Yeah, no, right. It's well, it's definitely got a steep learning curve, right? Like not everyone, yeah, you know, you you or experts, right? You could sing with it, but it's it's a lot. Yeah, you go into Ahrefs and you're like, I get it, 
Because it's like, you're like a spreadsheet of spreadsheet <laughs> right. of spreadsheets. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like, this is a dream. You're used to working in Postgres and MySQL. Like, you get it, right? Mm. It's like, but to the average person, like, yeah, it is kind of a complicated piece of software, and it's not a good. I mean, it's it's a decent interface. It where it does what it's mm. supposed to do. It's very functional. It's very functional. It's clearly built by programmers, right? Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. And I think uh, which is why it really sang to yeah. me. Yeah, you know. But you need somebody to kind of like take all the behind the scenes stuff and dumb it down. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but like sort of like simplify you know, it. But I would show Laura like what we were building. Yeah. And, you know, when I was building it and then when you were building it and we even redesigned how many millions of times. Mm-hmm. And she she always thought it was like too complicated. She didn't really understand what was going on or what we we're trying to do. And I not like Laura is very smart. Yeah. And I super respect it. But I was kind of like, you don't get it. You don't it. get it. Like, 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 you know, if only like, you were in our chat. Right. So did you <laughs> show her? It was really the white, white, red herring. Red, yeah. Not, not a white right, herring. Right, right. The, uh, the, the canary in the coal mine, right? Yes, exactly. What, That's, did yeah. you show her the new interface? I did. And what did she say? She thinks it's awesome. Hmm. She thinks it's awesome. I mean, it just, it it makes so much more sense. The, the thing it's not like, oh, this is so awesome. I would love to use it because I don't think Laura even feels that way about software. Sure, the same way we would do. It's right. Like I, I'm like, oh, I, I love like consuming these things. Yeah. She saw it and knew what it did and how to use it. Right. Like she understood, which I think is really what mattered. There was a lot that I had to just kind of put my ego aside and just go, you don't know shit about UX, UI, learn it. And uh, one of the big... We redesigned this before the redesign. Yeah. The oh, yeah. This is the third redesign. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like, it was 90% coded before we threw it away. Right. But I will say that this redesign is really a restructuring from the ground up. The yeah. other one was sort of a, a a coat of paint on a... It was like lipstick on a pig. Right? I think, like, the... the uh, goggles or glasses that you wore looking at it and kind of the questions of like what are we trying to do mm-hmm. um why i i think it really just uh opened up a way of thinking that we, we really didn't yeah and i don't know if this necessarily has to do with the fact that you know our customers haven't even used the new software or haven't used the new ui yet like they haven't but i can tell you that like I, so i used um material design from google um, there's a whole website. I think it's materialdesign.io or something like that. And you can go and kind of look at their philosophy on um, d- designing apps. And this is like for all their apps, the stuff that they use. Yeah, it's it's like how they Google search. Right. It's how they cross. It's like how you know it's a Google product. You know, if you're just using it, you're like, oh, this is made by Google. It feels like a Google product. Um, they all follow. But it's also their like hypotheses on like how people consume things and why it matters that you do X, Y, and I mean, they have the most data. Right, right? They, they know the so, most, I mean, right? Um, I looked at that, and then I was uh, reading a lot of Amy Hoy on Twitter. She was, she was, she went on a uh, a tear about um, UX and UI that I found really fascinating, like a huge, like multi tweet thread uh, about UX UI. And one of the books she recommended in there was called About Face, and so I picked up that book. I started reading that. I was sending you excerpts from the book that were really interesting. Mm. And then just kept, uh, and so what I was doing before when we were designing it, I was using XD and kind of like showing you the XD mockups and we were like, okay, okay, okay. 
but it wasn't until I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm actually going to design it in code so that we can touch it, click buttons, play with it, which is something I learned from Basecamp or the guys at Basecamp 37, when they were 37 Signals. They were saying that that's how they design web uh, like apps. You code it first. You know, you code it and you play with it. You know, even if it's not even the functionality so much as just like mock data. Right. Just yeah. You just you, you know, know what happens when you click this button? What happens when you do that? Or like just how it looks and how it how responsive it is and how you know all that stuff. So I did. I started coding it and really like had to change. I changed the logo. I changed uh like the there was like a in material design. There's this idea of primary color and secondary color and then mm. you know using the same color for your action buttons or you know you know one thing that laura had said that, that i never had said to you because i was like whatever you know and and like i also want you to do it and not like me to armchair mm -hmm. you know i have like ideas but you're you kind of run this yeah. she always felt the old or i guess current design was like childish because of so many colors yeah we had like every color ever yeah and the new design is is much more. I don't want to say like refrained, but like purposeful. You mean like a res like restrained from restrained restrained? Yeah. Yes. So it's not. So I was I was very influenced by Asana, and, I, and to me, Asana is very colorful. But that's because mm. I make it colorful, not because Asana is default colorful, right? Mm. It, and it, and it really took. I, I always thought as Asana as this like very like there's all these different colors you can use. But that's me categorizing things. And so when I see Asana, it's all like multicolored. And mm -hmm. it turns out that that's not how you design software. You, you can use color for categorization, and, but that's the, up to the user to use. You know? Or if you have like multiple data sets, you can categorize things in different colors, but you have to be very clear. And then I was reading a lot about using words as opposed to uh, like icons and mm. you know, trying to be... Uh, I don't know. There was just a lot of like, there was a there, lot there was of something you had sent me about phrasing mm -hmm. and like being more purposeful in the way that you write something so that it's clear what action needs to be taken. Yeah. I don't know if you remember like some examples. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can pull them up. I, I save them in Asana and I'm just thinking too, like, yeah, this is for software, but how do you use this on your own sites? Like, how do you use this for opt-in boxes? Like these same principles mm. because they they apply across the board, right? It's not just like some. I just remember like some specific things. Like if you're clicking a thing, delete, and you want to like yeah. uh, warn them, hey, are you sure you want to delete? Instead of making the buttons like okay, cancel, make it say like you know yeah. keep and delete. Yeah, so it was, and then have the colors kind of match up with the intuitive action exactly. So it. It takes like less m mental whatever to do things. Yeah, you're basically using uh, you're using words and colors on what we already know as a society. So red is always error, and that's what you and no matter what, no matter what app you use, no matter so you can't have that as like your main action button. It's error or destructive. That's yes. that's what red is. That's what red that's means. It. Yes, which yeah. is why I would never choose red as your primary color for your brand. It's just like. Mm. avoid it if, if, or if you're making an i mean if you're making like a, a a blog i guess it's fine but red is kind of a it's a color that like i think it's like a stressful color you know yeah um but yeah a good dialogue box isn't just asking users which action they want to do it's also about making each button clear while okay the okay button is the standard convention for many dialogue boxes most apps 
most apps can use a more user-friendly approach to dialog boxes. Instead of providing the users with the OK button to confirm the action they want to do, it's more efficient to give users a button that's labeled with a specific action. So instead of saying, yeah, do you want to delete? OK. It's like, do you want to delete? Delete. Like the button should say delete. An- another like layman example is, you know, you have your website mm-hmm. and you're collecting subscribers. Yeah. Your subscription button doesn't say like submit or like go or like, yeah, it just sa- it usually says like subscribe, subscribe or yeah. something. Yeah. And then it becomes very clear what's happening. Yeah. And then the button color matters, but not like mainly for conversions, but like mm. it better be the same across your website. Your The action button right. better be, you know. So, and and I think that there's something to explore there on our, on our own sites, as opposed to just like the app that we're designing and we'll see, I mean, we, you know, we haven't really tested it in the real world yet and we will, but, uh, I think that's, I mean, we will find out. And, you know, I think at first it was important for us to design lasso for us. And we did get some customers who kind of aligned with us. Mm. Um, but why i mean i don't i feel like there was a moment where we just kind of like got stuck on it i think uh we were having difficulty explaining what it did or what we were noticing so the maybe the upside to all the data stuff is i have i collect all this information on how people are using lasso and mm-hmm. whatever and i think that people were not doing the things that we thought that they were doing you know i think a great example was I wanted to be able to manage links completely from within Lasso. And because we have all these links, I almost don't even care the content that's in. Yeah. I just want to like optimize this. And so one of the things was changing anchor text. And so we had this report that did 15 million things, mm-hmm. depending on where you clicked. And if you hovered over the anchor text, it made a little box and you could- that you could then click and change the text, which... Is I guess maybe slick or whatever, but not intuitive. No, prone to accidents. Yep. Um, and maybe not. And then people just didn't even know that it was a, a thing that you could do. No, and maybe they don't even want to. Right. Because there's no context as to what the anchor text was. What it was? So it's like, well, I don't know if I'm changing the right thing, but you needed it for a specific case. We built it, and then it, we realized that, like, okay, well, yeah great we have it but there was probably a better way to do it and we just didn't have that and you know and it is it i don't think i think we got rid of that particular we can't do it in the new version right you can't like right now we can't but we're um, but it's like a feature we'll probably it'll be we're, there's gonna be context so yeah. it's like the one example that what happened on listen money matters that really made me realize that it sucked is We'd be like, and we think you should refinance your debt with companies like Credible, Earnest, and SoFi, you know? And then, you know, I'll go to like Sean, someone on the team, like, hey, you know what? Let's take SoFi off the site. Like, they don't pay us any money. It doesn't convert well, whatever. And so, with no context, the sentence could read like refinance your student loans with Credible, Earnest, and Credible. <laughs> so we switched to all of our SoFi things to credible right. or it could be like credible, credible, incredible. Right. And so without understanding what's going on. So we wound up having to jump into the uh, articles anyways. Right. So yeah, didn't solve the problem that it, it created a new problem. It was a cool thing that could have solved a problem that we really didn't even have. Right. So, uh, kind of moving forward here. Cause you know, lasso is just one example of this. Hmm. Um, 
what do you think is a good approach for figuring out what your audience or customers need? I have a, uh, uh, specifically like when you, you're doing a course for listen money matters, mm-hmm. uh, and it's for, uh, it's, it's about rental properties. Are you mm-hmm. just doing that course because you were like, I can do that course. People were willing to pay for it. Or did you survey your audience to find out that this is what everybody wants to know? It's, it's like this thing that I feel like is a small portion of listen my matters. That is the outsized interest. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's always asking how he set up the LLCs or whatever. I mean, look, I was looking to make some money and make a course, sure. but I feel like the, I, the interest was a vote. Right. But it, but it, I didn't know that people wanted to pay until I threw a landing page. Sure. Mike, uh, my big question to you, and I kind of want to go a little bit deeper on this is, do you really know the list of money matters audience or are you making? No, <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> now as for somebody who is, who is a self-proclaimed data nerd. Why, mm. what's, where's the disconnect? I think that uh, where there's information, like, you know, how people interact on the site, how certain pieces might perform, you know, a listen box, a subscribe box. Sure. Like, I think we have that, like, pretty, um, pretty much on lockdown. Mm-hmm. But who's listening and what they want? Or who, um, or what, or who these people are that are visiting? too yeah i mean i could tell you their age and gender from google but that's yeah it's not really i would say i've always had trouble with that um have you ever done a survey we have and none are like statistically significant it's like we do a thing and we get like 200 responses Mm -hmm. you know doesn't tell us a ton yeah i was um my only reason I bring this up is because we learned something fascinating in the last couple of days. I might not ask the right questions. Oh, I, so like, I guarantee you, you didn't. I guarantee <laughs> okay. you. Yeah. I mean, I, well, t- teach me. Well, I'm not, I don't know, but I mm. here. So Steph sent out a, a survey to the brew cabin audience because we were trying mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, what, what we're going to do to make money on brew cabin. So obviously we have affiliate products, right? And that's easy. Um, but affiliate products, make there's a there are different types of home brewers right mm. i happen to be at the upper advanced level home brewer like i'm like way advanced right you're like the upper middle class upper brewer. middle class yeah i mean yeah the the equipment that i have the way that i brew is very like high end it's it's not it's not you know electric brewing high end but it's pretty high end mm. um we assumed, I assumed that most people coming to brew cabin were just getting started in home brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the articles are very simple how to articles, how to and you think it's where most of the audience would live anyway. Yeah. It's just the most people would be at the bottom. Yep, know? totally wrong. Did a survey, most people are advanced. Really? Yeah. And so we were so so here's and here's why we were doing the survey. Because we thought, okay, we want to do a course, right? We wanna we wanna for brew cabin, it makes sense. We're going to do a course. And what's the course we want to make? A course on how to do all grain brewing or how to do extract brewing, like these very like sort of like intro level courses to learning a thing. Turns out uh, that would be very stupid for us because most of our audience already does that. So hmm. why would you make a course for a bunch of people who are like, well, yeah, we know how to all grain. We want to level up or we want to make our we want to do it better. Right, right, right. Nuance. Yeah. So we, 
are actually right now like tabling this course idea at brew cabin because it doesn't look like anybody wants that. And we, we, you know, one of the questions we asked was, uh, in our survey, like if you had a hundred, if we gave you a hundred dollar gift card right now that only worked at a homebrew store, what would you buy? And it's just like figuring out like exactly what they would do with that money. And it's like, if you could, if you could follow a, home, uh, a professional brewer for a day, that's a great I know. question. Yeah, I know. It's a great question. There's so much subtext yep. to, wow. Okay. That, that's a really good question. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And then the same thing was like, the other one was like, if you could, uh, apprentice a professional brewer what are you hoping to learn from them mm. and it's like okay well you know this this really changed our perspective on brew cabin and it's like maybe courses really aren't the thing we should be doing and even if we were going to do courses there are existing courses already out there that that do this and we would become an affiliate with them and then use and then try to sell that as our main product and figure out how well it converts and then go, mm -hmm. well, obviously, if we made our own version of this, we would make X amount of dollars. So we would figure out that before we even made the course. But it looks like, you know, they're more interested in like gear and like leveling up and, 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 uh, you know, and there's some other areas we're going to, we're going to explore. So if you were to review mm -hmm. some ridiculous conical fermenter, yeah, that would be definitely obviously where you would make a shitload of money. Yes. But also what they want. Oh my God, you have the best audience ever. Yeah. Why are you even wasting your time talking to me right yep. now? So, Why aren't you? Uh... I know. Well, well, I mean, it, it, you know, home brewing itself is on a decline. You know, it's it's really? yeah, it's it's a declining hobby. So I mean, there's Based still a lot of on passion. The coconut French toast beer that I'm drinking <laughs> right now. The, I don't. Well, that's the problem is that there's so many beers on the market that you can get. It's like, why would you make uh, it yourself? You kind of have to be really in it to to want to do yeah. it. Yeah, but it just exploded. But that's the thing, like. Uh, it is, yeah, it exploded, it, but it also like, I, the, the people who are passionate about it are passionate about it. We learned a lot from that survey and now we, now we're kind of thinking, you know, and I, and I talked to Carrie, um, on this podcast and she talked about finding the personality of your website. And it's like, kind of like your website will tell you what it wants, you know, like what it wants, what it wants to be. And I thought that was really mm -hmm. interesting because it's like brew cabin sort of telling us like we're not a course platform like money lab is you know like people want the answers they want the reviews they want and then i think partnerships is going to be the real payoff there and what do you mean by that like partnerships with someone who makes conical fermenters uh so there's a couple of things yeah being the only piece of gear that i really know by name <laughs> well it's a big piece of gear <laughs> yeah and so yes uh brand deals doing brand deals mm. and possibly software ah but i have some ideas. i thought you were gonna say a beer subscription service no that would be the opposite of what they want they they make their own <laughs> beer why would they need a subscription mm. service so i think that there's opportunities there that i thought were courses and it turns out that that's doesn't seem to be what the site and people that visit the site want mm. which is really interesting and so that's my question to you is like you know, have you, when was the last time you asked your audience, like what they're looking for or what, or where they are yeah. in their, in their, you know, what if you found out if like everyone who visits Listen to Money Matters is like a fortune 500, like CEO who has plenty of money and is just looking to like increase their net worth by like an extra, like $500,000. It's like, whoa, that so changes. It, it the was game. a while ago. Yeah. And, and I feel like just listening to two questions that you asked, mm -hmm. I think, I think I just did not ask 
any good questions. I think a lot of the stuff was like, are you in, are you getting out of debt or whatever? And it and winds up being like, after you get enough answers, actually, you're told nothing. Like, oh, okay, I guess I have to create everything. <laughs> right, well. Because we have 25%, 25%, you know, like. Yeah, and I didn't come I up think, with these questions. Steph came up with these questions. And, hmm. you know, if I, if I, you know, I came up with the questions on Swim University, and one of the questions I have was like, do you own an in-ground pool or an above-ground pool? I can already tell you without looking at the results the majority of people own in-ground pools. I already know that answer. Like, it just, yeah. I already and know it. Does that answer really matter? No, it like, doesn't matter. You, yeah. Right. So I, I think I learned that I don't, I'm not asking the questions because I think that uh, there, wow. I mean, what do you do with $100 for gear specific to brew cabin? That's a, that's a great it's question. Great question. Very telling. Yeah. I need to come up with ones like that for LMM because yeah, I think you might it might it might be challenging, but I think the goal would be to find. I think you have to work backwards. You have to find out like uh, you have a hypothesis, right? You believe that uh, people want this rental property course, right? Um, and so you have to ask a question. Uh, you have to ask a question without leading into what the answer that you want. Right. But, but be able to find out like, actually nobody wants this, you know what I mean? Or like mm. maybe you find out like no one wants a course, maybe they want a tool, you know, maybe they want a, uh, and I think there's ways of doing it without, without, you know, leading. So if I was to ask a question and not to say that everyone wants, you know, well, okay. So I was asked a question that, uh, if you had two hours, just you and Andrew, to talk about whatever you want, what would you want to talk about? That sounds like a good question. Yeah. 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 If like if you got or or maybe it's better if like not Andrew, right? Maybe if you uh pick somebody that was like a like a famous financial guru, right? Mm. That like would be like if you could if you could just have dinner with Dave Ramsey or some you know silly question like that, like it, you know, but you could only ask one question, what would the question be? You know, one mm. one financial question because you have to call it, you know, you can't be like, they're like, how much does the house cost? Like, that's not helpful to you. Right. <laughs> but if it was like yeah, yeah. one, you know, like like personal finance question to help you in your life and you only had you could only ask him one question, but he would spend hours, you know, mentoring you. What would it be? And I think that like a question like that would get, you know, you're going to get a lot of open ended stuff, but you're you will see patterns because when I and this is such a dumb Thing that I can't even I don't know how to turn this into anything but when I was when I have like I have an ongoing survey with uh swim university so the survey question you could send out one survey but then I put it at the end of an autoresponder so I keep collecting you know mm-hmm. and I use google forms because it gives you all the fucking pie charts and all that oh shit. It's yeah, great. yeah so one of the questions I asked with with the pool people was what's the like what's the best thing about owning a pool and I'm mainly doing that. The, the, the reason I asked that question and I wanted to open end it was because that's my, you know, this is the problem so that this is the solution. The solution mm. is what, mm. why do you, you know, and I swear to God, it was the weirdest thing. And I think I mentioned it on the show before was, was you, you had either said to me or on the show. I was anyways, go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, uh, for the grandkids or something like that. Fun with, fun with the I grandkids. I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that makes the most amount of sense. And yet, 
what is that like what can you do with that information like one you just one you just found out that all your your fucking audience it, is old <laughs> yeah right, right. and it t- they're all grandparents which you know which means you got to talk to them differently you got to you get, you can't use millennial slang you know can't say yeah. you can't say btw <laughs> you know you have to like, you have to spell it out for them yeah and, and if you say you know how to prepare the pool for your grandkids next weekend or whatever right. things like that would really, really resonate speak to them versus like open your pool faster yeah for your you know and that's I the thing know. like everybody who owns a pool has a family it's just like a family is just like the thing like no one no just the, like the people who are like super rich they're like dinks with with pools they're not going to fucking swim university you know what i mean like they got no. they got they're they're fine but like no, they're like I have a pool because the kids wanted a pool, or or we have a pool because there's a family and we it family, brings family, the family to the house. Brings the family to the house. It's that's like mm. okay, well then that's my you know why do you want to solve your chemistry problem so that you know whatever and that's more I did I did it more for sales copy than I did for anything else. But like I don't fit that persona at all, mm. you know. So like so swimming university is not for me in any sense of the word. You could be the expert, but not the audience. Right. But I might be the audience for homebrew, for, uh, for brew cabin. And I don't know if you're the audience for some universe or for listen money matters, but you might be, and you don't even know it. And if you are, that makes it easy. I need to ask those questions because I feel like I create things that I would want. Yeah. And you might, it might, it might work. Like it might hit. Mm. Like, I think that, you know, to kind of go to money lab for a second, um, the reason I created Asana for bloggers was because I showed a friend my Asana setup and he said one per it was two people on a call and they were like, you need to make a course. And I was like, okay. And I did. So at least one person I knew was going to buy it. Right. I made you teach me and show me. Yeah. So I changed my life. So I knew. Thank you. So I knew uh, there was like, a d- and I mean, honestly, your course is cheap as hell. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't buy know, it if you have a team. Well, and that's the thing. Like it was, there was enough demand. Same with Ernest. Like Ernest was one of those things that like people kept asking me, how do you make those display boxes? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, here's Ernest. Uh, SEO for bloggers was the same thing. People kept saying like, teach me SEO, teach me SEO. Fine. No one asked anything about affiliate marketing, weirdly. So that didn't, of course, didn't sell. And the only oh, it didn't do well. It's not. It's it's the least. It performs the worst of all the courses. Do you think because the naming is too broad? Yes, I think it has something to do with the naming. It also has a lot to do with the fact that the first two sales videos were a monster truck ad and a uh, sex hotline. <laughs> so I don't think that really helped its its case. Kind of screwed the boots from day uh, one. I think so, um, and it's also very beginnery. You, I, I got that. I mean, I, I do get feedback from the course, and everyone said it's like it's kind of too basic. Can, can I just like suggest a ridiculous idea? Sure. One that has been thrown to me that I'm debating. Okay. Because it, it like doesn't quite fit, but maybe maybe it does totally fit. Is one thing that listen my matters audience does want that that I have seen in spades. They want to make more money. Sure. Um. Who doesn't? Right, exactly, and then that's kind of the thing. Like everybody wants to, I want to, yeah, you want to. Um, I think a course enumerating every detail of how we do everything in our business. You know, I'm. I was thinking like, listen, my matters are all of our quote unquote secret business, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you included or not, I think would 
kill. Like just advance, advance. None is not for beginners. Mean, and it's and it's a premium price, like over a thousand dollars. Maybe. Like blow it out of the park. Like hey, I spent seven years figuring this out, and this is this is it. This is it. This is everything. This is everything. And you're talking about yeah. for personal finance, like how to automate well, everything. Like I, I was talking to Laura about what course I might do next. Mm. You know. I mean, there's definitely something there for sure. It'd be easy to do. But I mean, if you do, if you if you help, yeah, I'd, I'd be more pro. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, we could we could certainly we could certainly do it. I mean, we we've talked about this forever. It's like, how do we, you know, you know, listen, money matters is is such a huge brand and it's such a huge uh, podcast audience. But I mean, our brand deals are weak, you know. And maybe it, I don't know yeah. if it really wants that. Like maybe it's not, maybe that's, it hasn't, we haven't hit, you know, obviously the podcast is speaking to us and we're not listening. It's like, we don't yeah. want to be a, we don't want fucking brands, you know, advertising on us. And, I'm, yeah. and we're like, yeah, but that's all we got right now. That's how you make money podcasting. So that's what we got, you know? And it's like, there's gotta be a better way and we have to explore that. And I think surveying the audience is a first step to that. I'm going to do it. All right, good. I'm going to make you help me. All right. Fair. That's fair. Yes. Um, so that's it. That's all I that's all I really have. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about building for our customers instead of ourselves? Uh, just that it's like not as obvious. I know. I, I think that I always thought I would know. Yeah. You know? And um you know, and they're always like ask, like I, I have this autoresponder. What are you struggling with? Yeah. It's like Pat Finn Flynn said to send this. And it helps. But you also have to really, I don't know. You know, you know what's, you know what's fucking that. crazy is that like, huh. you know how many times we've been told when we were building Lasso that like we needed to talk to our customers mm. and then you actually talked to the customers and found out like with not even speaking to that many, it was just like, oh, eye opener. We don't yeah. do enough of that. But in, in, all, in any of our brands, we don't do enough. Well, it's like, it's like talk to your customers. Fine. What do I say? Yeah, what do I say? <laughs> yeah, that's, it is a, it is a holdup because I didn't know like. You might, you definitely, you can ask the wrong questions and you'll get the wrong yeah. responses. And I don't, and you could ask leading questions, which I'm good at to get the right, answers that, that I'm want. looking for yeah. to reinforce the wrong. Thing. And I'll be honest with you. I have not found a resource to kind of tell me what the right questions are to ask. When Steph told me that question, I was like, that's brilliant. Like, I want to know the answer to, I want to know what people are saying. Cause I don't even know if I could, I, it would take me a second to sit down and really think that through. Like if if somebody gave me a hundred dollars, like what would I buy and like for home brewing right now? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I might I might just buy hops. I don't know. Mm. Like expensive hops. You might be the hard one in that you've already bought everything. You <laughs> right. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> right. I mean, there's always something. Trust me, there's always yeah. something. But yeah. Oh, you know what it would be? It'd probably be like a digital refractometer, and that's like advanced shit. So it was like, okay, that's probably what I would buy because I have not bought it yet because I have a regular refractometer. I don't need a digital one, but if you gave me a gift card, I may upgrade. What is, what is a refractometer? It measures, uh, it uses light to measure the density of sugar in water or in a liquid. Huh? Uh, the ABV. Uh, it, to determine what your ABV is, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, how much sugar content. I want one. Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's do that. So, I need to thank Tyler from Jump In Real Estate for sending in my new middle name, Turd Nugget, which is great. 
Thank you very much, Tyler, for that. And of course, I want to thank Andrew, my man, Andrew, for joining me on this episode of Money Lab. Thank you so much, my friend. Oh, yeah. And you want to head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges and all the things that are going on and email me, matt at moneylab.co. Please, I answer my own emails with topics you want us to discuss on the show <laughs> and feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. You could use them for sure. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Castro, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pandora, Mixcloud, CastBox, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, wow. please leave a review. That's it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>